is singing people's praise and complimenting them. Always kosher. This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We're up to the Torah portion of Noach. And in Noach, the Parsha opens with God describing Noach as Ish Tzadik, a righteous man, Tamim Hayobodorus of perfect in his generations. Yet a little bit later, when God is talking to Noach, he references his being the Tzadik, the righteous, without the additional expression of Tamim, of being perfect. Rashi, quoting the Medrash, tells what is a often quoted principle that from here we learn that when complimenting somebody to himself, when sharing his praise to him, we limit that which we use in the praise. More expressive when talking about him, but when talking to him, we limit it somewhat. We'll get back in a few moments, hopefully, to a logic or two behind that. But first, the very idea of sharing compliments, singing praise. Important to note, number one, we need to make sure that the praise that we're saying, the compliments, are actually that. They're actually complimentary. They're actually uh, praiseworthy. They attribute to Winston Churchill a line that he supposedly said, uh, that Americans can be counted on to do what's right after they've tried everything else. Not necessarily the greatest compliment. Or the compliment of, you look great today. What did you do? Well, what did I look like yesterday? Um, So we've got to be cautious. Not every line that we say that's complimentary or praiseworthy is in effect really such. But let's even say we are saying lines that are objectively positive. and, And we've worked it out. We understand that this is complimentary about the party we are talking about. Fascinating and critical starting point is there is a principle in halacha, in Jewish law, that there are situations in which it is wrong to be expressive, and certainly to be uh, very broad in our praise of someone. Uh, There is a principle within the laws of Lashon Hara, the laws of ill speech, not to say positive speech about somebody in front of others who may react by challenging us. For example... Someone did a service for you, they did a certain job, and you were going to sing their praises in front of others, but you don't know the degree to which others found that particular individual to be as professional, as trustworthy, as, uh, you know, as fulfilling all the tasks as worked for you. So you're at risk, because if you start singing the praises and they react as, oh yeah? Well, that's not quite the experience I had, and they start sharing their experience you may have triggered Lashon Hara. Now, again, it wasn't your intention, but you have to be mindful of that possibility. So you start singing the praises and talking about how excellent and wonderful this person is, but you're in a setting where you know there are others who may have had other fallouts over time, other factors that it one's a competitor. If there are people present who there's any likelihood that they will react negatively and, and, and push back against your praise then you have to have that in consideration and actually avoid triggering that reaction by not sharing the praise in that context. You want to help the person get a job? You want to help make sure people hire him? Okay, go more case-by-case, individual-to-individual, or small subsets, or think through the possibilities of anybody here likely to be thinking uh, anything other than the direction I think of this person. That's number one. We've got to be cautious not to trigger negative through our positive. So even if the positive is positive, 
not making the Churchill mistake, should that line actually be his line. And we actually are meaning to say positive and coming across positively, but we have to be careful not to trigger negative, not to cause that contrary reaction. Getting back to the situation in our Parsha, where God is praising Noach to Noach, but limiting the praise, some suggest the lesson in sync to it that when we share compliments and we praise people, we somewhat stifle the uh, the expressions. We don't go to the full, don't go to the max, is because pumping somebody up too much can inflate their ego and end up with contraindicated consequences. We're, we're talking about somebody's great character, and because we inflate their ego, they end up with corrupted character. We haven't done them a favor. That's one approach. Not too likely that was the concern over here by Noach, though. A little more sophisticated approach. I've seen quoted over the name of a Rabbi Leib Lopian the following. Imagine somebody is sharing praise after praise about you, and they're talking about aspect number one and number two and number three, and you're starting to feel, this person really gets me. Right? They're on target, and they're talking about all of the different aspects of my personality and my character and my conduct, all those positive things. They're right on target, but hmm, if they really know me so well, have they noticed the negative too? No, actually, not relevant to any of you out there in Tachlis Talks lands. You don't have any negative? Well, turn it the other way around. You're singing praises about me. Imagine somehow you managed to find a handful of positive things about me. I don't know how you did that. A lot of creativity, maybe. But somehow you come up with several things, and you're talking about number one and number two and number three. And I'm starting to feel that sense of, wow, hmm, yeah, they're, they're on target with this one. Yeah, they got me. They understand me. Oh, if they understand me. They've grasped my inner workings. They really know what makes me tick. I've got to start worrying about how much do they know the real me. So we could be making a person uncomfortable by making it clear that we have exposed them, that we have perceived their inner essence, and that is an uncomfortable place to be. So the lesson that this Rabbi Lapian shares, based on this message of say the positive, do compliment, Keep it reserved is don't make it exhaustive and expansive in a way that has the person start fearing that, hey, what else are they going to share that's negative? And even if they're not going to share the negative, what else have they perceived about the negative and have them start feeling that discomfort at that moment? Another issue related to the, um, the, the singing of praises and the compliments is the need to avoid compliments that end up uncomplimentary. Uh, several of the categories of this. Somebody starts talking about you, and they're, they're complimenting you, they're praising you, but they are so um, expressive, they're exaggerating, making almost a caricature of yourself. Imagine, um, I don't know, there, there's a, somebody standing on the street corner, and it seemed like they really were rather destitute, and you pulled a granola bar out of your uh, glove compartment, you hand it to them a beautiful gesture to help take care of their needs. And this person starts talking about the fact that you have the needs of society in your mind and you are there for other people and you are mindful of their needs, all accurate. But they go on and on about this for about 10, 20 minutes. And 
they're building up and they start pulling other people over and say, do you realize that this person is so focused on the needs of every individual out there that ever suffered and they're mindful of everybody's concerns? Okay, you were, in this case, appropriately mindful of a person's concerns. But when they start building into something bigger than what it was and making it sound like it's broader than what it was, now aside of our other issue before of other people then starting saying, oh, no, he's not. But it's even just to you. You start feeling, well, wait a minute, like you're not capturing me. You're talking about somebody else who is running a major uh, organization where he has hundreds of volunteers. You're talking about somebody else who is bringing people into his home on a daily basis. I did a nice gesture. I'm a nice guy. I do good things. But when you build it up beyond what I did, you're not complimenting me. And what started off as uh, trying to make me feel good is actually making me feel somewhat deflated. You're off target. And it's not me. And maybe it should be me. And you're making me feel that, okay, and I haven't been doing this enough. It's not a compliment. Other side of the equation, outside of this exaggerative uh, compliments, would be when it's so vague as to not capture me. This guy is really nice. Nice doesn't tell me anything. And when you're talking about me and all you can tell me is that you think I'm nice, or again, we've had multiple encounters, I've done a lot of things for you, and and you're seeing the praise is that he's friendly. Um, you know, you kind of haven't mentioned anything that indicates that you're attentive to what I've actually done. You're not mindful of how I've actually been there for you. So again, you're trying to compliment and nice gesture, but putting a little more energy to try to find something more specific, something that would indicate that you are actually appreciative would be much more complimentary. Last issue in that regard is when the compliment doesn't address the current. Um, within the um, traditional Jewish world, it's very common that the week following a wedding, the couple, instead of running off to uh, Hawaii or Costa Rica, spend a week celebrating with family and friends. The week of the Sheva Brachos or Sheva Brachot. And a lot of elements over here, psychologists and others, point to the fact that uh, instead of kind of celebrating each other, um, and a lot of risks involved in that when they become so heavily focused on each other uh, so intensely for a short period of time. There's an initial post-wedding sense of connection back to community. And not our topic for today, but the basic elements over here have it that the couple are kind of driving home into the couple's psyche that you two are special, but as part of a bigger picture. And you are another leg, another extension of the Jewish people, and the Jewish people are there for you. Your family, your friends are there for you, and much as you are your own entity, and you are now detached, but you're still detached while being attached. And you haven't totally uh, severed yourselves from society, and society remains there for you as well. Maybe something we'll talk about another time. But during those Sheva Brachos, it's exceedingly common, at least in in non-COVID environment situations, when people actually gather together where the friends and family will address the traits of the bride and the groom and sing their praises and talk about how wonderful they are and, and how much we look forward to all types of wonderful things coming from this new home. That idea, by the way, is rooted in two things. The Talmud talks about the celebration 
of the bride and groom, including the the chanting or the singing of Kala Na'ava Hasuda, telling the husband how precious his bride is. Uh, and the uh, Pirkei Rilezer, another Midrashic work, describes that one of the elements of the groom being king-like is that we sing his praises. There's a strong notion over here of sharing our the praise of these individuals. Well, very often we don't just praise the individuals, we praise the families. We get together and talk about how uh, they come from a family of this type of attitude and we can expect it to continue on in this couple. So somebody comes to me, it's about uh, two years ago, needing a little help working through an issue that his child had just gotten married and not remembering now if it was a son or a daughter. And there were these celebratory get-togethers and People were singing his praises that your son or your daughter, they've got what it takes to do great things in life because here's what dad is all about. But they sang praises of something that was dad five years earlier, 10 years earlier, but no longer relevant. I have to tweak it a little bit um, to avoid any uh, identification over here, but imagine they said their father, due to the fact that, thank God, he's been blessed with a lot of wealth, he is constantly managing to find ways to use his wealth to, um, in very quiet ways, help families out and to help institutions when they're in trouble. And he never wants the praise for himself, but we all know that over the time, he's found many, many ways to get many, many people back on the street, find people jobs. Well, five, ten years ago, through major setbacks in his business and other things going on in his uh, personal life, he was no longer capable of doing that and no longer doing that. He stopped. Still a nice guy, but that aspect of himself is no longer relevant. And he was really feel, feeling deflated. That's what they're praising about me? I mean, they, they're only praising that guy who existed 10 years back. They can't find anything pertinent to me right now. Better silence than kind of taunting me with the me that I no longer am. Now, I helped him work through that, no, understand they still see you as a generous person, and you really can still look at yourself as a generous person, but you have to understand your generosity is not manifest the same way, and um, kind of helped him work through that issue within his own frustration. But those people singing the compliments were making a major mistake. Right? Don't be so... We don't make a brief reference to something from his past, but if you can't identify something relatively current, then you have this disconnect and the person feeling I'm not worth anything anymore. (laughs) What they value is no longer present. So we've got to be careful that our compliments, again, aren't too exaggerative. They aren't so vague as to indicate that I'm not connected and not seeing your good and that they actually are current and relevant. Pulling this all together, there are the situations where we're told simply avoid the praise and compliments rather than run the risk of triggering the Lashon Hara. From Noah's uh, the way God is talking to Noah, we understand we've got to sometimes limit the praise and the compliments when talking to somebody. Don't want to be, whether it's boosting their ego to dangerous proportion or having them start feeling that discomfort in the fact that you are seeing through me. We have learned the notion that um, our compliments have to be pertinent, on target, and meaningful to the person and ultimately complementary. If we can pull this all together which we really need to do because giving compliments is something that is very significant and very important and we should be attentive to the good that others do and helping them understand that we're attentive to that and helping direct other people's attention to that in balanced ways that can 
help to help them grow by seeing the, uh, the, the the traits in others and what they can mimic. If we can do it properly, though, we will definitely become the type of people who, together with those that we compliment, will all be that much more likely to achieve our tachlis.